0: Please join us on Wednesday, March 8th to celebrate International Women's Day at the third annual Empowerography Live Women's Online Conference. The event will be running from 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have 31 of the most incredibly inspirational, transformative, and influential women around who will be speaking at the conference. You can pick up tickets on my website at www.empowerographypodcast.com. They're on sale now for only $20 Canadian. That's 15 bucks for our U.S. friends. We hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jessica Burrell. She is a leadership and business coach, a transformational facilitator, and the CEO of Amplify Your Vision. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you doing this morning?
1: Hey Brad, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I as well am excited to jump in and learn and share all the things, Jessica. So with that being said, let's get started. So as I mentioned, you wear all those hats and from that you're one hell of a busy woman and that is quite an extensive resume. So how do you find the time to wear all these hats for all of this? I mean, obviously, you don't wear all these hats at the same time. But how important is prioritization and organization to you? And how do you stay on top of things?
1: Yeah, thanks for that question. And I think that sometimes I cringe at my own introduction going, Oh, my gosh, do I? (laughs) Is it really that much? And isn't
0: it odd hearing about yourself? I heard that yesterday about myself for the first time in a long time. It's like, really? Like, It's just, it sounds odd. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) That's perfect. And, you know, as I work with
1: a lot of women and women in particular, like we can get this real thing of busyness, and, you know, having all our worth tied to accomplishments. So sometimes that's what also makes me hesitate in the things that I'm up to is it's not from a busy perspective. It's from a, to your point, like prioritization, time management, and also empowering others from the lens of empowering others. So what I'll say is, yes, I'm a coach and I do leadership in business. And as a CEO, I have a team and my team is highly skilled and incredible in that I can delegate. And delegation is a skill that I've learned. I worked corporate for 20 years and in leadership in corporate. And that was the biggest skill that I've taken away from my corporate days is how do I empower others so that they're using their gifts so that I trust them and I guide them and coach and mentor my team, but they're it. They're the power players on the field, to be quite honest. And it's been more Like, yes, I prioritize, I plan my day, I time block and I organize an asana and all the mechanics of it. But when I take that step back, I look at and say, my goal as an entrepreneur, my goals truly as amplify your vision is how do I play in my zone of genius while my team is playing in their zones of genius, while we collectively support entrepreneurs and coaches in their zone of genius so they can empower others as well. Um, and creating that ripple effect. So I time block. I plan my days. I'm very efficient with my time. Not that I don't, you know, get in the doom scroll of Instagram. <laughs> 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 and I really come at it with that approach to say I don't have to do all. The, I, in fact, I don't want to do all the things. I empower others to, and we do them
0: together. I I love that you said that because so often as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, Mm -hmm. we believe that we have to do it all ourselves, that we have to figure out everything on our own. And honestly, we're not meant to it's Mm -hmm. not entrepreneurship is not meant to be done alone we are meant to have support around us and to ask for help when we need it there's nothing wrong with asking for help but i think that there's a big bit of shame that comes along with Mm -hmm. asking for help and i think that women deal with this a hell of a lot more because women are just seen as the women who as as people who just get everything done and they Mm -hmm. they take on everything themselves and they do it all themselves but it's not meant to be that way and we can't because we're going to burn ourselves out And that's a very common thing too that I'm hearing through conversations with a lot of women that burnout is like at an all time high and people are, women are leaving corporate because of the burnout. They're leaving like a mass exodus because Mm -hmm. it's so bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what I want to say, and I'm going to preface this by saying this is coming from so much love and compassion because I've been there and we really sometimes get to check ourselves for martyr syndrome and we get to check ourselves from a place of, I'll say, dare I say arrogance that we think we're the only one who can do it. Yeah. So yes, we get to ask for help. Absolutely. And we get to support and receive support. So there's one thing about asking and there's a second yes. thing about actually receiving it. Yeah, for sure. We're also checking in and being like, gosh, am I being a martyr? Am I, am <laughs> I actually being maybe a tad arrogant and thinking, gosh, Only, you know, I'm putting my hand against my forehead. Only I can do this, you know, (laughs) and I've been there. And so I say this with so much compassion because I've been there and all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, like, wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think I'm the only one. And that's just not the case. And sometimes it's about finding the right people too. So sometimes we've been burned and had, you know, the wrong people in the wrong places and, you know, on our team. And sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right fit. So that would be my other challenge. I
0: love that you brought that up and pointed Mm -hmm. that out because you're right. Sometimes we think that we are the only ones that Mm -hmm. can do this and do that and complete these tasks. So thank you for pointing that out. That's very true.
1: Keeping it real, Brad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm very curious, being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm a mid early riser. I wouldn't say I'm like a -er. (laughs) 5am-er. But I'm typically uh, somewhere between the 6 a.m., 7 a.m. hour, and I have three children also, so I do like to be up before them so I can get my bearings before I jump into supporting them in their mornings. And ideally, <laughs> my ideal mornings, and this is about, I would say, 80% of the time I'm up, meditate, journal, I do some breath work and I love to have like, I have um, a premium YouTube subscription solely so I can listen to Abraham Hicks videos on YouTube. Are you, do you know Abraham Hicks? Yes. First? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm obsessed. And, <laughs> and so after my meditation, uh, I'll put Abraham Hicks on and I do journaling and you know, I have water, I have those pieces around me and I like to sit in my favorite chair Usually, you know, fall and winter by the fire. And I don't love journaling. I have a journal. I use a Brendan Bouchard's high performance planner. And I love it because it's got a lot of prompts in there for me. So I answer questions. I'm like, how do I want to intentionally create my day? And actually, I'll share with you, I haven't, I don't yeah. think I've shared this with anyone yet. And uh, my coach has challenged me every morning before I even get out of bed is get real into the gifts that I'm committed to bringing in the world in the morning, such that it brings emotion up for me. Okay. And like, what difference am I making? How will, like, how can I use what I've got to serve others? So that's been a new practice and that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to start the day. Absolutely. I love that.
0: Jessica, what is and what does a transformational facilitator do?
1: (laughs) So I have been in transformational work for the last four years, and it's really it's emotional intelligence work. And I think the best way that I could describe it is creating leadership within myself. So transformational emotional intelligence work is like, how do I be radically responsible for everything around me? How do I operate from integrity and possibility, stepping into risk, but Ultimately, it's not about leading others. It's about leading me. How do I lead myself? And how do I want to show up in the world? Mm -hmm. And I've been in that work. And so ultimately, how it's grown over the past few years is that um, I was a student, and then a coach, and then I captain trainings and the work. And now I'm facilitating the work. So it's, it is groups of adults that are, you know, a mix of entrepreneurs, careers, some of them are still in university and facilitate emotional intelligence training with the team such that they're coming up against all of the things that stop them in their life. And it's experiential in that we create scenarios that, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So we create special scenarios that they come up against it come against themselves and they see themselves in a way that they've quite possibly never seen themselves before. And through the process, it's about a, it's like two weekends and then a three month process. So altogether it's about a four to five month process. Okay. And by the end of the process, they're playing team at a high level. They've never played team. And that means giving and receiving support. They're creating massive results in their personal life with their personal goals in a way that they've never experienced before. And they're taking a stand for transformation in the world. Like everyone gets to have love and peace and freedom in their life. So they're also standing that, you know, how can we make a difference in the world?
0: Yeah. Which is important. And I believe that we're all brought here with our own unique individual gifts. And Mm -hmm. I think that we owe it to the universe, God, whatever you believe in, to Mm -hmm. share those gifts with the world. Because who are we to deny the world of our gifts? Absolutely. And I love that you said you were talking about your transformational facilitator and how you learned first to lead and show up for yourself. And Mm -hmm. that is so important because once we learn how to do that, that will then in turn help us learn to lead and show up for others. Absolutely. I love it.
1: Well, I'm really big on an integrity, Brad, and and, and integrity starts with me. And who am I to show up and coach other people when my shit isn't together?
0: How long have you been a leadership and business coach? And what inspired the journey for you into the world of coaching?
1: Yeah, so I've been coaching for, my goodness you know, every time I've been saying seven years for the last few years, so I'm like, (laughs) how long has it actually been? (laughs) So I would say probably the last eight or nine years. And I really was inspired in corporate. Like I worked corporate for 20 years and I wanted to lead and support people. I was never clear on what was really driving that. I just knew and trusted myself and like, how do I support other people in creating things that they want? And I Was in therapy, oh my goodness, quite a few years ago, I'd say 12 years ago. And it was transformational for me. My therapist was the best therapist I've ever had. And she introduced me to the work of Byron Katie. Do you know Byron Katie? Yes. Oh God, I love, like it was the first thing I've ever experienced. And for those who don't know Byron Katie, well, number one, look her up. She's phenomenal. And (laughs) we were doing the work and it was the first thing I remember was, you know, my thoughts aren't real.
0: What? Like my mind
1: was (laughs) blown. And from that point on, I was obsessed with learning more about personal development and myself. And I couldn't help but want to teach
0: other people. I
1: couldn't help but want to show other people like, do you know, do you know what's real? (laughs)
0: Do you get this? You know, scream it from the rooftop. Totally,
1: and it was really in that point, like I didn't have the faith in myself or the belief in myself yet that I was very much an imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? My life, and in those moments, I was going through divorce, and my life was messy, and so I didn't have the belief and faith in myself that I could coach others. I just knew I wanted to share. So I really started with kind of the same with the transformational work with me first. And then sharing with others and it grew. And as my integrity grew, my coaching practice grew as well.
0: So what lights you up or inspires you the most about the coaching work that you do?
1: Oh my gosh. Where did I even start? That's a, such a. Huge question. And this is what, I'll share this because this is a recent example and it makes me really emotional. And I started Amplify Your Vision from coaching because I was working with coaches that were getting it with the mindset and the strategy, but they needed support on implementation. They weren't doing it. They didn't know how or they needed support. So that's where Amplify Your Vision because we're an agency that supports Coached in the back end. And I was on a call with my project manager and a client, and we were talking about some strategy and execution points for this client in particular. And the client got really emotional. And she said, I have never felt supported in my business like this before. And then I got emotional in my project. And we all were really emotional because what lights me up is people. And I said this, but people being in their zone of genius, people doing work that excites them. And we all have to a degree stuff that we do in our business that doesn't like light our fire. Yeah. But it's those, mand- those things we get to do. They're blessings in our business and they're not our favorite things to do, but... For the most part, if we're spending most of our time in our zones of genius or excellence, and we're creating from that being, and then we're surrounding ourselves with people who are all in those ways of being, and we're all like living our best life, you know, the frequency just goes way, way up and that, that lights me up, that lights me up big time.
0: And I think that is the key piece to raising the frequency is surrounding yourself with those people who will cheerlead you and support Mm -hmm. you and lift you up. And again, I think this goes back to my thoughts anyways, with why we're here on this planet is to do exactly that, to Mm -hmm. support one another, to lift each other up, to cheerlead each other. And I mean, you think about how incredible it feels for you. And I know this feeling as well to have found your purpose and to Mm -hmm. just have your soul set on fire by the work that you do. Now, think about how that would amplify and raise the vibration of the world. If everybody Mm -hmm. on this planet could do that, like it would just be incredible.
1: Could you imagine? Oh, and I,
0: I, you know, I really, I truly wish that I could help more people find their purpose because there is no better feeling in the world than Mm -hmm. doing that. And then, to have what your purpose is, impact and give back to people. That's yeah. like winning the lottery twice, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like in transformational leadership, we call that like win-win. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'm always looking at everything and saying like, how can I, what's from the lens of win-win, win- yeah. win-win-win-win-win? Like yeah. how, how do? because it's possible.
0: It is for yep. sure. Now on the flip side of that, Jessica, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? Mm-hmm. I had
1: a call last night with one of my students in transformational facilitation. Like, he's one of the, and I just look at him and he is incredibly powerful. Like, he, we're in a team of 25 and he speaks and the team listens. And maybe you'll be surprised or not to hear this, but he just doesn't see it. And so I'm i would not say,
0: surprised. I'm yeah. Not surprised at all.
1: Right. So I was half joking with him, but I'm like, it's those moments. I just want to shake them, I'm like shake those. Numbers. I'm, like, I'm going to shake you. <laughs> you know? Because like my vision for the world is that everyone sees themselves the way that people who love them the most see them. And I said, my goal is to hold up a mirror to my students and like show them what we see in them, because that's ultimately the most challenging part is, you know, how do I, as a facilitator, as a coach, as a leader, what I like to say is like, how do I turn my Myself inside out, such that my students see what I see in them.
0: Shine a light on them. That's it. And like you said earlier, and I found this with photography too, is showing our clients themselves in a light that they don't normally see themselves in. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like, what types of things do you look for in a potential client before you decide to work with them?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll say for transformational leadership, everyone. (laughs) This is literally anyone because that process meets people where they're at and brings them to the next level of their personal leadership. So, you know, as a business coach, I don't like to say everyone. That's not niche marketing. Yeah, (laughs) and and it's just the truth. And as for Amplify Your Vision, uh, we work with coaches and entrepreneurs who have been working on their business for at least a year, a minimum for a year, and they have a product or a service. And what they're looking to do is scale their life, scale their time. So they don't want to be in the minutia of certain things. They want to be serving their client. They want to be working with their clients from the place that lights them up the most and have support. And what I always love to say is a collaborative relationship. So we're not an agency that you know, is a typical, I would say we're not a typical VA agency where a client will come and say, here's my to-do list and please do it. Not that we won't do that, but more that we'll say, oh, that's a great list. So what about this? Or have you thought about this? And we collaborate to support them because we come to the table as experts so we support them in seeing what their blind spots are or what's actually possible that they might not be considering and then we implement yeah so it's a collaborative relationship so they're really in that space of looking and desiring to scale but they have a desire to collaborate too
0: and again i think this goes back to the fact that talking about not meant to do things alone and collaboration Mm -hmm. i believe is the foundation Collaboration and relationships are the foundation of any business. Absolutely. That's, that's what we build our businesses on is those two elements. And they're absolutely key. You cannot have a business without those two pieces.
1: Yeah. 100%.
0: What drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and pushing and excelling at all that you do?
1: So my, my vision is to be an example for my daughters and that they can do anything they want even if it doesn't look traditional, even if, especially if it doesn't look traditional yeah. and and that they can believe in themselves. And, and my clients having breakthroughs, like when that light bulb goes off for a student or for a client or for my team members, sometimes my team gets stuck in stuff too. And when that light bulb goes off, it's like, ah, yeah, it's like a dopamine. And <laughs> I'm like, more please. So it's really... There's it's inside me like I have an internal drive. I am type A, like all of those things. But it's really when I fundamentally look at it and take that step back and I look around me at my daughters and my my students and my clients, even when it's hard, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. No, of course. It's definitely that that keeps me going and those memories of those massive breakthroughs and how I even if it was a small part, I played a part in them changing their life.
0: Yeah. That's, pretty, that's beautiful. Awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
0: When did you found Amplify your vision? And can you tell us what the mission is with the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Amplify, oh gosh, it's a bit of a story. So what I'll say is that <laughs> so I was started out as a like a life coach and business coach, and I left corporate just after the pandemic okay. in twenty twenty. And in March of twenty one, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh my and, gosh. Yes, thank you. And I was just, you know, given a time frame of life left. And I realized in that moment, like, I was it for my business. I was the, the business coach. I was the one. I was, you know, I had a little bit of a support, but not a lot. And it was always hinged on me. So my business got put on not on pause, but on maintenance mode. So I could support my mom in her illness and my dad with everything that was happening. And I realized through that process, I don't want to be the only person. I don't want to do business alone. I want to do business with others so that if any one of us had to step away, we could keep the business going. And just as quickly as I uttered the words, I think I want to run an agency. I saw an ad, (laughs) (laughs) how to build an agency. And I literally stepped into a mastermind the month that my mom passed away in July of twenty twenty one yeah, and it was heavy. it was good decision sure. that is I don't know who knows, right, but all I know it was something was birthed from something that was lost, and for me personally, and I've been committed to growing this ever since, and our our mission you know is that we support entrepreneurs to be in their zone of genius while we work in ours. It's truly it. It's a, yeah. about lifting. It's really that ripple effect that we've been talking about in supporting people in doing what they love while we do what we love, which is support them.
0: So Again, it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yeah.
1: it. Yeah, exactly.
0: As we know, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. It's a tough journey, but In my opinion, it's incredibly rewarding. I couldn't imagine going back to working for someone else. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what is the one piece of advice you would offer to someone who's thinking about making the the leap into the world of entrepreneurship, but hasn't quite reached the point where they're ready?
1: Mm -hmm. One. Okay. So I think it's just it. When you, I think when you said they're not quite ready, I think that's what I would say is you're never ready. You will never be ready. So you get to start before you're ready because if you're waiting till you're ready, you be waiting a long time. I mean, <laughs> you'll never start because there's never a right time. There's always something. And then I'm just I can't help myself. The second thing I want no, to say okay. is, right. is that entrepreneurship. This is a long game. It's a long game. It's not a quick you know, and maybe you and not that you can't create income fast and giant, like, of course, it is more in the long game. So I once heard a quote, it's like, I became an entrepreneur so that I didn't have to work 40 hours for someone else. Instead, I got to work 80 hours for myself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like, maybe not that extreme, but it's really that mentality it's like i have to love it so much that i'd be willing to
0: but that's it. it right you are okay when you find what you love you are okay with putting in 60 70 hours because it's yours mm-hmm. you're you birthed it you're growing it and you're doing something you love to do exactly what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve today
1: yeah i was thinking about this question you know, in advance. And I really want to say that I think it's incredible, like women coming and like chasing their dreams and creating businesses they're passionate about. And I think the one thing that constantly comes up for me specifically for women is this idea of we can have it all. We don't have to do it all. Because what I do see sometimes is to the, the burnout point earlier, it's like, we still... Gosh, I'm trying to think of the saying, but it was like we have to run a business, like we stay at home, be a stay at home mom, and we have to be a stay at home mom, but we have to have something that we're doing. You know, it's really a lot of these expectations, whether it's society or ourselves or family, puts on women in the workplace and especially working moms. So you can have it all, and you don't have to do it all. So that's that's really what comes up for me around it. Yeah,
0: in your line of work, in your position that you're in, are you seeing? a big shift in terms of more women making the jump into entrepreneurship. And if so, why do you think that is? It's
1: really hard for me to be objective on that one because it's like, I primarily work with women when I look at like my Facebook and who I'm surrounded by, it's like 80, 90% women. So I would say, yes, but then I'm, it's a little skewed. I think, though, I could set the, to the second part. I think what happens is women look and say, I want more flexibility. I want to be able to have a Wednesday afternoon off to go yeah. be with my children, if that's the case, or go have a self-care day for me. Those pieces are coming into place from a place of flexibility from a place of i want to manage my schedule especially if they don't have a supportive culture in their workplace which yeah i hear a lot i hear a lot in you know not that Canada doesn't but i hear a lot of fr- i have a lot of american friends that seem to have a lot more challenges and considering right. in, in the states they have like Zero maternity leave. I really see that as an, an option of why wouldn't they want to be doing something for themselves in those cases?
0: So in terms of this shift in mindset for women, and as you said, there's still I think there's still struggling with women leaving that world and jumping into entrepreneurship. But mm-hmm. and even in the in the in the corporate world with women dealing with the bullshit and the barriers and the the old boys club bullshit. So how do you think that women continue to push through and break down these barriers and these ways of thinking.
1: Yeah. I think it's it starts with finding allies. And I, I think the very first time you and I had this conversation, that was the feedback I gave. That's really refreshing having people like men in particular that are allies. So yeah. I think that while a lot of the paradigm and exists, of course, I think that there's ways to take that step back. And because I worked corporate for so long, I had an opportunity to get the landscape and say, like, who is an ally? Who yeah. can I look to as a mentor, who is, you know, a powerful leader, who's a man, and also the women in the organization that are leading as well and saying, like, how do I get mentorship from them? So for me, it was always the the mindset of look for what's working. So yes, I want to interrupt the things that aren't, but I also think that if we're leading with the, what works and we're doubling down on what's working, that's going to grow a lot faster until it just becomes overwhelming. And also my motto is always, if you don't have it or you can't see it or it doesn't exist, then it is, it's like your job, but like it is up to you to create it. Be You be the leader then. Yeah. If you aren't seeing it in your organization, start a women in leadership, start mentors, women mentors, you know, start it because yeah. we can't sit back and go, oh, well, like I'm waiting for someone for- else to do it.
0: Yeah, You're someone, sure.
1: do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, Being a leadership and business coach, obviously mindset is an incredibly important piece to the entrepreneurial and business puzzle. Can you speak to how important a part mindset has played in helping you in your business and just how important mindset is to our daily routines and successes? Yeah,
1: of course. Like what I would say is it's everything, you know, and not that we don't need execution. Of course, we get to execute and strategy, but I think that without a healthy mindset, the other things you're just not going to be able to create what you want. And I want to be clear because I hear, like, I hear this might sound like a judgment and it's certainly not meant to be, but I do see a lot of mindset coaches out there and it's like, it's like the power of positive thinking. And I think that matters. But I, I think there's two things at play. It's one is like uncovering what the limiting beliefs are and getting clear on like, you know, not extensively, but like, where did they come from? How did they get here? Understanding and like unpacking that. And so you can really get to the bottom of that and then making the choice to say, okay, like that was my past and I acknowledge it and it is what it is and going, I'm here now. And how do I then start to create something new with my mindset? And every time... limiting belief pops up for me, I have tools that work and then getting clear on what those tools are and then using them. Because I think another thing is, is a lot of people have tools. It's kind of like, you know, weight loss or, you know, budgeting. We know how to do it. And people are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, we do. (laughs) We do. And, you know, but what happens is we're just not doing, it's kind of goes back to those pieces in our business that it's like, Oh God, I know I get to be doing those pieces and I don't want to be doing them. But
0: (laughs) I love that you said you're purposeful in how you said that is you're talking Mm -hmm. about stuff that we don't want to do, but you still phrase it as we get to do not. We have to do Mm -hmm. that, that little tweak of that one word. It makes a huge difference.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Because when we're looking at it as have to that's how it feels it feels heavy and yeah. arduous and like
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> i just i love that though that 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 little intention there with with mm-hmm. the language Beautiful. language matters i'm yes for sure thing.
1: yeah and that's part of mindset part of mindset is like my language matters and i would say if you know you are with you the most out yeah. of anybody else on the planet yep And, you know, taking a real inventory of how you speak to yourself, your inner dialogue, and without a judgment or shaming yourself, just notice, oh, wow, I would never talk to anyone else like that. That's key.
0: That is absolutely key for sure. I have a friend that has said that to me multiple times when I've beaten up on myself or she'd say, would you ever speak to me like that? Would you speak to your mother like that? Like, Mm -hmm. think about it and put yourself there and you realize, no, I actually wouldn't. You're right. Mm -hmm. But we don't take the time to step back and look at it that way. Yep. Totally. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately that you could share about reconditioning their mind for the success? It's
1: a couple step process, but this is what I'll say is whenever I'm on, I like to call like it's a train of thought. So when my train of thought starts to go down the that road of self beat up, I physically interrupt it and I shake my body and I'm like, stop, stop, whoa, whoa, whoa. stop, <laughs> stop, 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 stop. So that's one like inning, because I could mentally interrupt it, but that's just more of the same. It's not really doing much, but I physically interrupt my train of thought and then I think about what, what I'm thinking about. And it's usually a belief that I have. And then my brain starts giving me evidence of why it is. So, like, I suck. And my brain says, you're right, Jessica, you suck. Here's all the evidence and the times that you've sucked. And so my brain just starts going down this path and collecting evidence of why I suck. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I'm down that path, I interrupt and I'm like, no, 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 stop. And like, I shake my body and I say, I'm awesome. And then I look for, this is a Byron Katie tool. I look for one example of where I'm awesome. And then I look for two examples, and then I look for three examples, and then I look for five examples, and then I look for 10 examples. And when I'm doing and I'm shifting my train of thought into the reasons why, that has fundamentally changed the way that I think about things. I don't not have thoughts that I suck. I still do.
0: Yeah. Exactly. We're human.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: I'm tenacious <laughs> as fuck. Like I just refuse to give up. Okay. And I get knocked down and I quote unquote fail and I F things up and I harm relationships and I harm businesses. My business, you know, I do I do a lot of great, but I do some really crappy things sometimes too. Like I've I make mistakes. So I am so tenacious. I fix my mistakes. I am committed to repairing relationships and having uncomfortable conversations. And I'm responsible and I'm tenacious. Love it. Yeah.
0: Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you?
1: Truly, it's comfort, like feeling comfortable in what I'm up to. And I don't mean from the place of like, not being uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable all the time. I mean, going like, oh, like it's a good day. I'm feeling content in what I'm up to. I'm looking forward to connecting with you today. And I have a call next. And I have an abundant day, an abundant week. And I, and success is me coming in planned, organized, excited about my day. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hitting my goals, but like, that's, it's integrity, actually. Integrity is huge. So I'm not just here having this conversation with you about my business. I'm doing the things behind the scenes and I'm in integrity. I'm goal setting. I'm hitting my goals. I'm having like, yeah, sorry. I feel like I was a little. Oh, that's
0: okay. Oh, no, it's <laughs> fine. That's totally fine. What would you say is one of the biggest turning points in your life and how did it affect you? Oh, gosh,
1: I want to go a little back and say like, there was a moment It was the biggest mindset shift I've ever had is when I was married. So this was quite a while ago. I was in an unhealthy relationship. I had two daughters. We had two daughters together and I was, we were together for a long time, but we were married for about 10 years and I kept trying to make it work and trying to make it work. And I wanted to stay together for my daughters. And I remember I was standing in my hallway and I was looking at my bedroom and I was looking at my two girls' bedrooms and I stood there and it was like a lightning bolt. And I'm like, I get to leave this relationship for my daughters and show them they don't have to settle for anything in their life and they get to be their own person. And it was that moment that when I started looking at it, when you think about things differently, things change. And it was that moment that was the Biggest turning point because then I got into therapy and I got introduced to Byron Katie. And then all of these tools have all come into place from that exact moment in time.
0: Well, that's a powerful moment. Indeed. Mm-hmm. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after learning it?
1: I think this was probably a more recent one, but it was really learning like that I'm a leader that people look up to. And when I got to be fully in ownership of that, it shifted how I showed up. So before I took it for granted, or it was a burden, or sometimes I was like a martyr about being a leader, and I could barely even utter the words, I'm a leader. And I, like, I had a lot of stories. So I worked through some mindset blocks around leadership. And when I finally stepped into it, my life has shifted from my own in how I show up for myself, how I show up for other people. And it's also in like being in ownership so that I can be responsible with it. This feels a little arrogant, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like with great power comes great responsibility. So when people look at you as a leader, like you get to be responsible for that. Yep. And like, how are you showing up? And the example that you're choosing to set for people who look up to you as a leader.
0: Who in your life, Jessica, has had the biggest impact on you and why?
1: You know, it's probably my grandmother. So my mom's mom, she is like, opinionated, and she doesn't care. And she will tell you what she thinks and how she feels. And she takes incredible care of herself. She's you know, 88. And she looks like a freaking rock star all the time. And she, oh, I'll get emotional. She calls every single person on there. She sends everyone a card on their birthday and she calls everyone on their birthday without fail. And so I look at her as someone who just, she's not just comfortable in her skin. She's been comfortable in her skin my whole life. So it's not even like it was like an age thing, like when she had a certain age, but she just tells it like it is. And it's almost, and it reminds me how much more respect people have for her because she's so authentic, and I don't always agree with her. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay, okay. Grandma. And I'm
0: sure, and I'm sure she doesn't give a shit. <laughs>
1: she doesn't. She just fully owns she's it, un-
0: unapologetically. Unapologetically, her. her. Yeah. And I love it.
1: loving and giving such that she creates time for everyone in her life at the same time Beautiful. of taking care of herself. Yeah, yeah. She's remarkable.
0: What is one of your biggest failures, or we'll call them life lessons or teachable moments, and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh gosh, I was having trouble narrowing this one down. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, probably one of my first clients I had in my agency was a really good friend of mine. And I was missing the mark on her project. Me personally, this was before I had a full team, it was just me and one other person. And it was really on me missing the mark with her, missing the mark with her, missing the mark with her. And to the point when every time she messaged me, I would be like sick to my stomach about it. And so, Until finally I, I paused. I said, let's jump on a, on a call. We got to get on a call. And I got on the call with her and I took 100% ownership, even for everything. I took 100% ownership. It wasn't about her or her miscommunications or my one team member. It was this like, I just took full responsibility for it and owned it.
0: Radical responsibility. Radical responsibility.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know, my ego was like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure you <laughs> do that?
0: <laughs> Took a big hit.
1: It did. It really, really did. So but good I, for
0: you for owning it, though. Yeah.
1: Yes. And then we could start from that space and yeah. then come and like, okay, let's like a little bit of like me being ownership, responsibility, hitting the reset button, and then rebuilding, like a little bit of rebuilding that relationship. But the second I took responsibility, a lot of it was repaired right away.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. What does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: Truly, it's around me holding space or holding the mirror up to say like, you can do this yourself. You don't need me to do this. It's not about doing for others. It's about giving them tools or support or space for them to do it themselves. Beautiful.
0: We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section okay. here. So, the next grouping of questions is just be two, three forward answer types. Oh gosh, ones, right? I'll try.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jessica, if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love yourself. How would you describe yourself in one word? Committed. What is your personal motto?
1: Trust yourself. Trust myself.
0: If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be?
1: Are you sure? Question mark. <laughs> That just came out. <laughs> <up. laughs>
0: what is your favorite self care practice?
1: Journaling in my favorite chair by the fire with Abraham. Hick.
0: <laughs> if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be?
1: You felt loved with me.
0: At what time of day do you get your best work done? Mid morning. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now hey. back to our regularly scheduled program. You did well. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. What challenge in your life would you say has shaped you the most?
1: I'd say probably like dealing with my mom's terminal cancer diagnosis and four months later passing. It used to be my divorce. And but what I realized through my mom's illness was like life is now we wait and we wait and we don't tell people what we think or we love them or how we feel or we hesitate on our goals and what we want. And it's like, fuck that. Life is so precious that it could be gone in a minute, which I knew before then, but it was just not that close to me. And it's like, what the fuck are we waiting for? Yes, we have limiting beliefs and shit that holds us back, but this is it. This is our one precious life. Take action. Stop holding yourself. You are more powerful than you think.
0: Well, it's like we were saying about people that aren't sure about taking the leap or making the leap into entrepreneurship, something they're not ready yet. You're never going to be ready. Fuck it. Life is too short. Do what makes you happy. We only get one shot at this life. So why would you want to be miserable? Yeah, totally. Thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable. Of course. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life?
1: Well, I'll go to my career at corporate and when I was in corporate, the biggest thing I learned was how to listen, actually, how to deeply, deeply listen to another human. The best skill I've ever, I was an, a great listener and I really taught myself how to listen and be present to people. And it has paid off in dividends with my family and my daughters and my friends and and in my business that people, the Feedback I consistently get is people feel heard by me. And I think that's what humans want is to be heard and seen.
0: So 100%. And it's yeah. funny because this theme has come up quite a few times in the last few days. And it is, it's about actively listening because you're right. People just want to know that they're seen and heard. And I find that not a lot of people have that skill set of active listening. And it's more like they're listening just so they can respond. Totally. I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, I'll bet you, if you walk down the street and you asked a hundred people, do you think you're a good listener? 99 of those hundred people would say yes. Yes. Totally.
1: Well, we do this. This is an exercise in transformational leadership. And we put people to the test and say, go ask five people what kind of listener you are.
0: (laughs) That's very good. I like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You learn a lot for sure sure. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career?
1: Truly that I am an extrovert and I think it it makes things really easy when I'm the first to introduce myself and initiate conversation and being outgoing has really been helpful in creating the connections that I have.
0: In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely the spaciousness And, you know, Brene Brown talks about white space and she talked about how she would create white space in her calendar to do nothing. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. No. (laughs) I mean, I need to be productive all of the time. So I've started with truly like a five to 10 minute white space practice where I just did nothing for five to 10 minutes. And now I'm like, I just will sit and be... But it's less uncomfortable. And like from a place like a manifesting principle, we get to create space in order to manifest. And as soon as I started intentionally creating space, I started manifesting quite a bit in my life.
0: There you go. And see this constant thing of feeling like we always have to be doing Mm -hmm. societal conditioning. And a a good friend of mine always says, you know, we are human beings, not human doings. (laughs) Exactly. So exactly. it's, you got to be mindful. It's a very mindful practice for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that there've been times where I feel guilty, where I'm not doing work. And it's like, no, I got to stop that cycle and that way of thinking and that train of thought. And Absolutely. so maybe I'll try what you were saying, where I'll just shake myself. <laughs>
1: so, well, and you know, we, in the society, we, we talk about, you know, do the thing have, have the result and then be happy. So I do the thing, I have the result and I'm be happy. And really it's be happy, do the thing, have the result. Yes.
0: Be, do, have, as opposed to have, be, Got it. have, do, be, sorry. Yes, absolutely. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Brene Brown. She's my ultimate, she's one of my I have been reading her books.
1: I like to, I like to say to them that I've been like one of the first people that found her <laughs> like <laughs> when, when she released gifts of imperfection and she was on Oprah, we started our relationship, whether she doesn't know it, but you know, <laughs> and you know, every book just lands. She's incredible. I would okay. love to talk to her for an, at least an hour.
0: <laughs> if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Ah, <sighs> I, I don't want to be like, I don't like this question, but I like, I struggle with it because I'm like, nothing, because I am truly like, each thing has led me to where I am, but I get the intention of the question too. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's, stop taking everything so fucking seriously. It's, I think I could have had way more fun. So have fun. Don't take everything so seriously. Have fun. Yeah. Okay.
0: And lastly, Jessica, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your. Tribe, your people, your corner of the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart?
1: If the only thing you take away from this entire speech was that you could radically change your life by believing in yourself, by not just hearing what other people are saying about you, but choosing to believe that it's true and living your life from that lens, you would fundamentally change your life
0: beautiful lovely way to end the interview Jessica thank you so very much for taking the time to be here with me today and sit down and share in your story and your journey and share your insights and your wisdom it's been an absolute pleasure you are an incredibly inspirational woman so thank you for shining your bright beautiful light out into the world and doing the beautiful work that you're doing and I'm grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community so thank you
1: Thanks, Brad. It's been my honor and a pleasure.
0: Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Jessica Burrell. She is a leadership and business coach, a transformational facilitator, and the CEO of Amplify Your Vision. Thanks, Jessica, so very much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks, you too.